Shall we pray for you? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've been doing in Jane's life. It's just been such a joy to walk with her as you do such amazing things. And Lord, now as she's spent her time preparing, being obedient and following you, will you just pour back into us so much of your grace and joy and blessings. And Lord, I pray for us that we have open minds and ears and hearts to hear what you have to say to each one of us, because I believe that today you have something special for each and every one of us. So Lord, through your mighty spirit, will you come? Amen. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Right. So we've been doing a series here called You're Not the Boss of Me, and today technology, we're going to look at what is fear. We're going to look at fear and we're going to tell fear that you're not the boss of me. But how do we do that? We need to know what fear is. So, yeah, spiders. Yeah, I'm not too keen on spiders. Definitely not. Oh, heights. That's another one. I'm, I don't need to go near heights. Definitely don't like heights. Mice. There's a mouse. You won't see me at all. I do not like mice. So, what are you frightened of? It may be one of them things. It may be something different. Anyone want to share what they might be frightened of? So, what was that, Steve? Oh, look, John, all of them. Right, all of them. Yeah, wasps. There's lots of things we can be frightened of. Yes? Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Have you noticed it all seems to be creepy crawlies and things like that? Yeah, it's not, uh, not too clever, is it? In fact, last week when I went upstairs to pick Emily up, my granddaughter, she had um, a little jar of creepy crawlies, um, not real ones, I hasten to add, but they were on the floor up there. And uh, I said, oh, you know, what have you got? And she'd put them on the floor and she was there going, meh, meh. And I thought, well, perhaps I shouldn't really be encouraging you to treat creepy crawlies like that. But anyway, we move on. Perhaps things that go, well, that says things that go beep in the night, but things that go bump in the night. When we go to bed at night, I think fears can overcome us. We sit and we think about our fears. Perhaps they keep us awake. Earlier this year, I was having problems trying to work out what fear was. To me, it was a real fear, so much so that I ended up going to see a counsellor. And one of my major fears was that I wanted to step down from leadership here. A funny thing, but I did. I wanted to step down, and I had to tell the team that I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Now, I know that sounds easy, it sounds simple, but to me, I was petrified because I was imagining all sorts of things in my head. And my counsellor said to me, well, what are you thinking about? What do you fear most about telling them? And I went, well, they won't like me. Perhaps they won't speak to me. You know, I won't sort of, I won't want to go anymore. And then she said to me, out of ten, how far do you think that is true? 
So without hesitation, because I knew these people, I love these people, I've been working with these people, and I knew that they loved me. And I said, 10, they wouldn't do that. And then she looked at me and then she said, well, what are you frightened of? Now, I know that sounds really silly, but fear can get hold of you when you least expect it, when you're not ready for it. So I would say all of these things is a fear. Or whatever you're suffering now is a fear. And what I would tell you is, don't you ever let anyone tell you that your fear is silly, that it's not a fear, that you shouldn't be frightened. Because it's real, it's real to you. For some of us, fear can creep in daily. It can rob us of opportunities. It interferes with our relationships. It keeps us awake at night. So having said all that, can fear be a good thing? Fear gives us the ability to imagine. To imagine, to hope, to dream. But in return, these things can create fear in itself. But would it be enough to stop us living our lives? Would we want to stop doing anything because we were frightened of doing it? As parents... We use this with our children. We don't want anything to harm them. We don't want them to be frightened. I'm sure many of us can recall being told by our parents what would happen to us if we touched a fire. Or it would burn us. But would we want our child, our children, to be frightened of that fire when it can give out warmth, when it can, so you can see different colors in a fire? Don't think so. But we have to teach them how to control that fear. Because if we don't teach them at a young age how to control that fear, that fear will turn into the fear that we have today. The fear that we have to conquer. The fear of something. Perhaps a way out of fear is to share it with someone. Someone who you know very well. Siblings or our children. But perhaps not. Perhaps that could just be as frightening. Can you imagine telling your brother or sister that you were scared of a mouse? Oh, I can't imagine that. They'd probably run around the room chasing you with this mouse. So perhaps not. To admit to someone, even someone that knows us well, is not easy. Many people can see this as a sign of weakness. Or they're frightened that the fear will be used against them. And because this, they keep it a secret, this fear takes over. It has more and more a hold on them. So, is there a way out? If we can't lose fear for good, how can we stop it being our boss? Being our boss, please. We'll move on. Oh, there we go. Fear is not the boss of me. See, now I wasn't frightened that that slide wasn't going to come up. So it's not the boss of me. Technology will not be my boss. When Jesus first picked his disciples, one of the first things he warned them about was, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. You'll be arrested and beaten. And then he adds, don't be afraid. What? Well, 
If anyone said that to you, you'd run a mile, wouldn't you? Why would you want to follow someone if you're going to be beaten, put in prison? And then they tell you, don't be afraid. But just by telling people not to be afraid wasn't going to work. So Jesus decided to put this into practice. Now in the first book of the New Testament, we come across this reading. Jesus calms the storm and it says, Then he got into a boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So that, so that the waves swept over the boats. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and waves, and it was, went completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. So I'd like to look at this a little bit deeper. Jesus takes the disciples on a sailing trip out to the Sea of Galilee in a boat when all of a sudden this storm comes up. The story doesn't tell us how many disciples were with him, but we can assume that it was a big boat, perhaps powered by oars and sails. And we have to remember that these disciples were fishermen. They'd been out in storms before, They'd experienced winds and waves. They knew what a storm was like. They were experienced sailors. They knew the dangers of the sea only too well. And after all, they had Jesus with them. They had seen him perform many miracles and knew that somehow he would get them to safety. So what was Jesus doing? Can you see? He was asleep. He was asleep. The very time his disciples needed him, he was asleep. Not what the disciples had expected. So they went and they woke Jesus and said to him, you need to save us, we're going to drown. And instead of standing up and doing anything, Jesus said to them, you have very little faith. Now the Greek translation of this is that they feared a greater fear. Then Jesus got up and he told the winds and the waves to be quiet and it went completely calm. (coughs) Completely calm. After reading this story, we may want to ask ourselves how Jesus can understand what fear is. He showed very little compassion to his disciples. In fact, I'd say he was a bit angry with them because they didn't trust him enough. We know that just as Jesus controlled the storms of the sea, he can control all our storms. The power that we could see that Jesus has over the elements, over the winds, over the waves, can also help us with our fears. It doesn't matter how big or how small our fears are. All we need to do is ask Jesus to take control of them, just as he did the boat, the wind, and the waves. In fact, Jesus tells us not to be afraid so many times 
It's said over 500 times in the Bible. So do we listen? Do we listen? Fear can only become our boss if we let it. Fear is not knowing how to deal with our fear. The disciples were afraid because they let the situation become the better of them. They'd known Jesus. They'd been with Jesus for a long time. Even though they had him in the boat with them and knowing he'd actually chosen each one of them to be his disciples, they knew he wouldn't let anything happen to them. But fear crept in. Knowing something is totally different to putting it in place. In times of stress, fear can get the better of us. We begin to imagine all sorts of things. Even as Christians, we know that God's there for us. We know he has a plan for our lives. We know he's going to walk through it with us. But it doesn't stop this horrible four-letter word of fear creeping in. We know we can give our fears to God, but what most of all of us fail to do is to leave that fear with him. Just take a little bit of it back and a little bit of it back and a little bit of it back. And then all of a sudden, we have that whole fear taken back. And Jesus doesn't want this. He wants to take that whole fear away. But we have to give the fear to him. And if we give it to him, he'll help us deal with it. He'll walk with us on our fears. But you still might think, how does Jesus know what fear is? Well, I can tell you this. There's another story in the Bible. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just before Jesus was arrested, we do see him afraid. He knew what was going to happen to him. And he was afraid, and he prayed to God to change this outcome. He said, if you want to change this outcome, God, please do. What is your will? But God didn't change the outcome. God saw his only son beaten and put to death on a cross. But that doesn't mean that God wasn't with his son every step of the way. He didn't leave him, not once. He was there beside him, holding him, encouraging him, do you think? Perhaps telling him it was going to be okay. But it didn't end there. On Easter Sunday, Jesus rose, conquering death. Jesus' resurrection validated the claims that he'd made about himself. It proved that his words can be trusted. But not only that then, his words can be trusted now. We can trust him with our fears because he won't let us down. And I can tell you that personally. He will not let you down. But you need to let that fear go. You need to pass it on to Jesus and he'll walk with you. The world is still a scary place, but we no longer need to be afraid because Jesus is there for us. Fear not, for I am with you always. Peter, one of the disciples in the boat, oh, it changed, 
one of the disciples in the boat let Jesus down a lot. He was a very frightened disciple. But this very disciple, on the day Jesus was arrested, he lied when he was questioned and he hid. But also, Peter sent letters to people like us telling us to transfer our worries onto Jesus. So he knew what to do, just like we know what to do. But we have to take the fear out of it and hand it over to Jesus. Peter knew that fear overcame him at times, but he knew without Jesus, this fear would have actually consumed him. So, is fear the boss of you? Fear is not the boss of me. So what I'd like you to do today is to make a statement, a statement to yourself and a statement to God, that you're not going to let fear, whatever it is, consume you. Don't let it be a part of your life. But if it is, give it to God and he'll help you through that fear. He'll show you how to manage that fear. He will be with you. My boss, my boss, and hopefully your boss, has conquered life, conquered death, and he's worthy of all my trust. Jesus gives us an invitation to follow him and a promise that even when there is something to be afraid of, he tells us, I am with you always and I care for you. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we know you're here, Lord. We welcome you here. We welcome you into our lives today, Lord. And whatever fear is consuming us, we just want to hand it over to you, Lord. Just take this fear. Share it with us, Lord. Show us what to do with it. Help us through it. And I just pray, Lord, that from today, fear is no longer our boss. We need to see you as the boss of our fears, the boss of our lives. Amen.